Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers, brought to you by Watch Your Game. In this series, I aim to explore the minds of people working in the Web3 gaming industry. Today, we're talking with Chris Adcock, founder and CEO of Max Level Studios. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello, Ron. Welcome back. Today, we're talking to Chris Adcock, who you might know as Graslo. So, Graslo, what's your backstory? Hey, Gaspard. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So my background is I actually started in game development early in my life. Uh, I worked for um, a, a small gaming studio that was acquired by EA. Um, had kind of a bad experience there because the studio went like a different direction. And, um, you know, I went a different direction in my career, ended up uh, starting a consulting company where I um, have run that for 18 years. Uh, basically, my company helps businesses solve problems. Uh, we specialize in uh, digital marketing uh, all the way to development. So I'll go into a company and, and help you know design their digital marketing strategy, define the uh, lifetime value of their customer, help maximize that value, and then determine the um, the, the customer acquisition cost um, to really help them like you know set and scale a, a marketing strategy. Well, uh, fast forward to like 2021. Um, I uh, helped a Web3 company with marketing and community building. We had a, a very successful $21 million NFT sale. Um, and I, I started to kind of get into the, to the Web3 space, um, got it, you know, started minting PFPs and, uh, you know, buying digital art on OpenSea and uh, kind of, you know, bit the bug there. Uh, but uh, I started doing consulting for different uh, Web3 companies, including uh, Floaty, which is a startup building a marketplace and NFT lending platform on the Flow ecosystem. Um, but that really like took me back to my passion, which is gaming. And in 2021, 2022, like we saw a lot of startups in the Web3 space because it's a it's a new, uh, innovative space giving opportunities to uh, to those with ideas that want to disrupt different markets and you know gaming being my passion uh i saw a great opportunity to disrupt the gaming space with web3 and um that took me back to uh to a, a dream i've had for many years uh going back to um 2011 where i registered oldor.com and started working on kind of like the concept of my dream mmorpg um that uh, i've always wanted to play and like every mmo i've played you know i've, I've uh, drawn inspiration and uh, like worked on ideas for that game. So yeah, um, in 2021, like that's when I started Max Level Studios, started acquiring um, and, and building a, a, a talented team, including uh, developers and artists from, you know, some some top studios as well as, you know, indie talent and, and uh, you know, just really passionate builders. No, that sounds really exciting. And there's a few bits in there that I'll definitely want to circle us background to. Talking of what you're doing in Web3, can you just give us a bit about what you're working on right now? Yeah, so we're building a Web3 uh, native gaming studio uh, that we, we plan to be a very a big player in the space going forward. Um, but our flagship game is Oldor, which is an MMORPG. And we call it a Souls-like MMO. Um, and if you don't know that genre, so we draw inspiration from like Elden Ring, um, but also other like Souls-like games, so Dark Souls, uh, Bloodborne, games like that. So we draw a lot of inspiration from those games where you have these 
extremely challenging experiences that are really rewarding for players because most games have catered more to casual gamers with uh, easy achievements, uh, you know, the like steady dopamine focused rewards, which, um, you know, are great for a while, but then, you know, players start to get kind of burned out and they really crave those challenging experiences, uh, games that are much more punishing. Uh, so the final game will be an MMORPG where players can explore a vast landscape, slay world bosses, group up and fight in, uh, you know, uh, dungeons, uh, compete over territory in a faction-based PvP mode, uh, or they can fight head-to-head -head in uh, ranked PvP matches in Arena. Um, now, we are building this game, and I'll talk more about this later, but we're building this game differently than like your traditional MMO, kind of flip the model around to let us build it at a, a much faster to market and much uh, more cost-effective way. Uh, taking advantage of all the you know latest technology building in, in UE5 using procedural generation, AI in some cases. Um, but but yeah, and so we've been very focused on early deliverables and scaling those things up. And so uh, to that end, we've released our first playable mode, uh, which we call the Dread Arena. Uh, it's currently on the Elixir Game Launcher, Hyperplay, and Sedona. Uh, it's a single-player wave-based mode got a pretty simple game loop with a mix of skill and randomization to add replayability and fun. Um, but it, it kind of serves as a proof of concept for both our community and investors, uh, and also to our team to be able to, to uh, build something and scale it up. And we're using that same code. It's not like a, a one-off or uh, something we kind of like wasted our time on. It's, it's actually the code base that we're using for future game modes. So we've been very strategic about you know, how we use our development time and uh, to be able to build deliverables, but also um, have, have that be part of a, a much bigger project. I think it's really interesting kind of what you've done with the arena um, to showcase the fighting style within the MMO. And it is something we're seeing quite a few games sort of use as their first kind of showing. Um, we're definitely getting into the space now that it's no good just talking about your game. People want to see it uh, and people are impatient. So you need to be able to show something quickly. Um, so definitely kind of splitting out part of the MMO to show is a great idea because MMOs years and people just don't have that sort of patience. How important is kind of that demo, that vertical slice for games? And why do you think we're seeing it so much more kind of in the Web3 space right now? Yeah, it's, it's an excellent point. And I think that it goes to a, a couple of different points. So in the Web3 space, we kind of have this community first uh, mantra for, for projects that, um, you know, they're, when, when your community owns assets, even though they're not shareholders and they don't have, you know, maybe they don't have voting rights. In some cases, maybe they do. But Projects have traditionally, you know, like they, they typically treat their community as um, a much, you know, more important part of the building process than, you know, the traditional customer relationship they, that, you know, the big game studios do. So uh, that community first approach means you have to listen to your community and they want to play. They want to see results and they want to, you know, they want to see gameplay, uh, touch it and feel it and download it, you know. And so that pushes us to be more transparent, more upfront, and, and have these deliverables. 
Um, and, and you're right that um, I think people's patience is not what it used to be. Uh, I think that the traditional like um, new MMO game release schedule is like, you know, we we tell you that we're making an MMO and we'll have it done in a year. But in reality, it takes three to five years because you run into all of these unexpected and expensive and time consuming problems um, that are typical with game development. Uh, and then, uh, you know, delay after delay. And, and then in some cases, you know, the, the community has kind of moved on to other things. Maybe the market has moved. Other games beat you to the punch and they're better. You know, by the time your game comes out, it's like dated. So I think building in public and pushing, you know, releases out early, uh, it, it gives the players confidence in what you're building, that it's actually going to, going to be good. It's in a good direction. It's not just like this, you know, uh, closed wall that you're, you're hoping is going to be good, you know, when you get to the other side. Uh, but it's also smarter when it comes to like cost and, and time to market, because uh, when you look at you know, needing funds to, to continue building a project like an MMO, which is, you know, very expensive and time consuming. If you can get a piece of that to market sooner and start generating revenue, then you can become more sustainable. And even if you're not profitable, you can at least go to your investors and say, okay, I don't need $30 million. I need $2 million or, you know, three or four or five, you know, much smaller amounts to be able to get to something that I can show you some results and then the next you know the next time you go to your investors you've got 10 million players or you know some metric that you can give them and maybe some revenue that they can start to see that okay if i if i invest more then you know this team is going to be able to deliver something great um and i feel like especially in web3 if we look at a lot of the fundraising that happened both from investors and you know vcs but also from the NFT sales, you know, we saw this crazy speculative bubble and a lot of like, you know, Kickstarter like projects, they're dropping an NFT, you know, they're raising tens of millions of dollars um, to, to build a game or, or whatever their project was. And some of these teams, many of these teams did not have the experience uh, in either running a business or shipping a game. And you kind of need both. Um, and then you've got the added complication of blockchain and, and, you know, being in this like innovative space. So, yeah, I think it's really important to have these like early game modes. And, um, and one last thing is, uh, you know, when, when a project is entirely speculative and you don't know what the gameplay is going to be like, you have basically every player, every member of the community has a, that has their own picture of what this game is going to be. So if your gaming assets are, you know, $100 or $500 or $20,000, you know, and there is no gameplay, then gamers or, or the owners of these assets have this picture in their mind of what this game is going to be. And you're never going to be able to, to top that or meet that expectation. So having early gameplay sets the expectation. They, the gamers know what to expect. I think you touched on quite a few key points there and a lot of them circle into the same area of that building trust. We've seen a lot where things have just been left undelivered. So being able to show the early bit so that you can get trust from your community to stay with you and kind of wait that time that it might take to develop, as well as what you mentioned about getting further funds or revenue via trust. It's a, 
it's a really good way of doing it. And I think it can also give you, in terms of that player expectation you mentioned, it can give an early indication, say, if you're trying something brand new and you've put some effort into it, but maybe you've not thrown like the whole kitchen sink at it. Sometimes things that you end up thinking are cool maybe aren't. So being able to get that early vision or how it would tweak so it suddenly is cool, um, I think that definitely saves you some time, pain and money in the long run. So I think the kind of feedback that you guys are getting now um, and any game that shows the demo, I think it's great seeing that the projects really do listen to the people who are actually playing those at the moment. Talking about playing games though you listed off quite a few that have done you uh gave you some inspiration as you were going through uh kind of aside from the working uh of web3 but what game have you played most in your life i i have to say uh world of warcraft i have put more years than than i'm care to admit <laughs> into that game um bought it on release um played it obsessively for many years, uh, basically every class, you know, um, and and really, I mean, just loved everything about the game, except, you know, eventually the direction that they started to go, and uh, also the the kind of like shift in the the gaming trends and just like how I f- feel like that MMOs kind of failed to adapt. But I've I've played many MMOs, but I like all genres of games. I, I've um, I, I've I think the second favorite would be probably like the Battlefield franchise, which is probably the closest FPS uh, MMO, you know, as far as like a good quality, because uh, I've always wanted to play like a really good uh, first person shooter, but in an MMO kind of genre. But I love the Battlefield franchise because, you know, you can you can, you know, run around with a gun and and, and shoot or you can hop in a tank or a helicopter and fly around this, you know, pretty uh, large world, uh, which, you know, is, is just really exciting. I think it's always interesting to hear people's favorite games. Um, I think as someone going for MMOs, if World of Warcraft hadn't been mentioned, you know, that could have been worrying because it is the kind of like king of MMOs. And like you, I have sunk lots of time into it. Definitely not so much now. Um, but back in the day played it kind of all the time, even if it was just dipping in and out. So it'll be interesting to see who can kind of capture that that magic because there has been a lot of attempts um, and some make it some, you know, give you a nice, unique experience. Um, but it is definitely got that little something that kind of drags you in. And I think it's interesting to see how games are going to capture that uh, as they're building out, especially when they're building in public and everyone's able to see kind of how the sausage is made. I think that will add to the magic too for players as they come into it. You mentioned at the start kind of some of your more Web2 traditional experience. How has that helped with what you're doing in Web3? And what have been kind of like the key differences that you're noticing and how you might have to change your playbook? Yeah, it's been really interesting to see like the trends in web three and the demands on founders. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of requirements to be a project founder in 2021. You know, you could, you know, if you could mint an NFT and, and generate some hype with a the community, um, then, you know, you might find success. Um, but 
I think now we're really starting to think more about experience. Um, but one thing I've seen in, in talking to a lot of other builders and, and, um, and, and advising projects, uh, you can really tell who has business experience versus who doesn't. Uh, and, and that's been very helpful, like, you know, understanding how a budget works and, you know, how, uh, you know, to, to expect the unexpected um, and, and how to be able to manage a lot of different things at the same time, because, um, you know, no matter what your project is, there's going to be a lot of different components of it. And in Web3, there's new components, um, you know, those community building components that are much more important. You know, you can go some of the larger uh, games have less Twitter followers and Discord users and, and less activity than uh, talking about some of the larger like AAA Web2 games have, have much smaller communities uh, or at least community activity than um, some of the Web3 projects. And the Web3 projects, you know, these communities have certain demands and expectations and, and they want regular updates. So, you know, you don't see a lot of uh, Web2 games doing weekly Twitter spaces and, you know, um, streams and Discord events and, and things like that and giveaways and, and just all the regular things that you're kind of expected to do in Web3. So I, I think, um, you know, like part of my background that's been very helpful is being kind of a jack of all trades and, and being able to go into any company and find problems to solve or find innovative solutions to problems that the company hasn't been able to solve themselves because in web three, we have lots of problems, you know, um, from friction, you know, things being too complicated from, you know, new types of economies that we're building that there is no expert on because, you know, you may be an expert game economist, or you may be an expert, you know, at, at tokenomics, but no one has built a successful, you know, large scale web three game with a multi-year economy. I mean, it's just, this is new. Um, and so I feel like that um, having a lot of, you know, a background of a lot of different, uh, you know, challenges and overcoming those is very helpful and important to being able to kind of like run a, a Web3 startup. You came up with a very obvious but missing component when you were talking there to do with it being a business. Uh, it is surprising how few projects and then the minority of people coming from the player base who actually seem to understand that this is a business. Um, they're not just doing it out of the goodness of the heart. It needs to make money. It needs revenue to be sustainable. If you want your NFTs that you've bought for a game to last and actually mean something, you should be supporting and understanding that a project is a business and needs to be making money. Um, I haven't got the kind of business background that you've mentioned, um, but I do try and turn off my accountancy brain when I come into Web3 to, you know, relax, play games. But then every now and then someone says something and you're just like, oh, your balance sheet or profit and loss is going to be terrible. Like you were just saying absolutely wild stuff. Um, so I think what we'll see is more projects that, understand that they are a business will fare a lot better than those that are just i don't know letting someone else take the wheel and hoping for the best kind of thing um you mentioned a couple of challenges to do with web3 but what do you think is the the biggest challenge that the space is facing right now 
I think the the biggest challenge is just we we had this period of very easy money, you know, because of macroeconomic conditions, you know, with zero percent interest rates and all that boring stuff. But then we we had this uh, crypto boom where uh, any crypto project was able to raise money uh, from VCs, and and then you had um, you know the speculative phase of NFTs where if you're launching an NFT project with all this, you know, crazy um, roadmap of, of stuff that you're going to deliver, you know, you can raise this money. So a lot of the projects that raised a lot of money had have inexperienced founders. And so uh, a lot of the investment of gamers like Web3 gamers that are that are counting on these games, like kind of like building this space out is is bet on people that may not have ever delivered anything like this before. So um, you know, and that's understandable because this is a new industry. Uh, so I think that one of the biggest challenges is understanding that most of them will probably fail. Uh, I, I've always likened it to like the dot-com bubble where the internet, you know, got a lot of speculation, both from investors and early adopters. And a lot of us, you know, uh, aging myself, but a lot of us, you know, around at the time were very excited about the internet uh, and saw the potential of it. But that potential took 10 years to be delivered. You know, like it, it took a long time for those companies to, to get revenue and to, you know, they, they had the same problems we have today. The, the friction of using the internet, you know, it was uh, slow. It was, you know, you had to go through all these steps. You had to have accounts and, and modems. And, you know, um, it, it, was, it was just, it was not a good user experience. So you had to be an early adopter willing to, to deal with that. Um, and, and then, you know, the quality of the, the websites, you know, you couldn't just go to any website. There were only so many. And, and so we see the same thing with Web3 Gaming. You know, the, the games that are here are not finished, you know, polished Web3 uh, or AAA uh, games. And there's all this friction of wallets and, um, and blockchain and, you know, moving tokens around uh, that they really don't appeal to people. And so you've got, you know, inexperienced builders building for a, um, you know, a very difficult, high friction kind of environment. All of these things are getting better and they will eventually work out, but uh, we don't know which, you know, which games and, and companies will survive. Uh, and then you have this kind of period today where I feel like that the market and investors both are betting more on the AAA game studios kind of coming in and saving the day by building out games, you know, they already have the experience, the IP. Um, but the thing that they lack is the Web3 ethos. And if you look at like NFTs and and when brands have come to this space to, you know, capitalize on this market, not many have done that well. Uh, most, uh, most, you know, large IP that have come into the Web3 space have, you know, not had good experiences. Uh, they've done things that are very, you know, uh, traditional and not community focused and not about, you know, delivering value to, to the consumer. So I'm skeptical that we're going to see like disruption from traditional AAA studios. I, I think that what, what we're going to see is um, the, the ones who make it, the ones who uh, are able to, to execute and build really cool games uh, that have sustainable economies and, you know, things that players want to, to experience and, and own um, they're going to define this industry going forward. And, um, and, and I, I'm excited for that. 
I think two points that you touched on there, the kind of likelihood of failure. Um, I don't want to sound too negative. I feel like I've come quite negative on some of these bits, but I think it's because you're making sense. Um, is that the the I was looking before, and the stats aren't released, but you can get um, people who've done a rough estimate on it, is that Steam Early Access has a 75% failure rate um, for games ever leaving Steam early access they just stop working and what we have in the space right now is a lot of people assuming every game they get interested in is going to make it and i think one of the worries there um kind of tying in with what you were saying about some failing is that some people will get burnt because projects just fail not for anything malicious um they're just they're just not going to make it it's just not how not every game will and I worry that sometimes some of the enthusiasm that members of the community have just won't last kind of the amount of times they might end up getting burnt if they're thinking every game's going to make it the whole way through. So it's nice to hear a founder kind of talking about that and being understanding kind of of the risks of that as well. And then just to touch on your last point around kind of waiting for AAA studios to come in as the cavalry and kind of save the day i am skeptical uh, but i think i'm even more skeptical uh, that i don't think there'll be a couple of them make it i think they're so risk averse already with what they're doing in traditional gaming that they'll actually just wait and then buy someone who was successful um rather than taking any of the risk because they don't need to take the risk um so that's how I think it's going to go. I think we'll see some people get acquired after they've shown that they can actually deliver a, a very good Web3 game, which will be exciting. Um, just isn't the kind of cavalry coming in that some people are expecting for the space. Um, in terms of looking to the future, what are you excited for in the next three to six months? Yeah, I'm most excited for more playable games and you know, the the updates that we are getting from like the existing games, because we're starting to see a lot of games roll out like 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 we did, you know, early alphas, uh, betas. And we're going to see more and more of that. And as these iterate, I mean, I think that the quality is is going up and I'm excited for that because I, I do think that it's still like for early adopters. I don't think that we're ready for, you know, mass adoption or anything like that. I don't think that it would be smart for games to even focus on that today, but user acquisition in, in probably six months is, is going to start to become more of a, of a key focus for some of these, you know, games that are a little further ahead. And so I'm excited for that because we're going to see more gamers come in. We should see the shift from speculative, you know, speculative holders who, who buy into a games early um, more to the long-term gamers. And, and you know, we've been very fortunate with um, people that came into our, our community to speculate have been some of the, like, you know, most dedicated players. And they've really found that they've enjoyed the game, but a lot of games won't see that. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we'll start to see more gamers come in that didn't start with the asset. They started with the gameplay. Uh, so I'm excited for that. And, and to put a positive spin um, on a previous conversation, uh, I think that Web3 long-term is going to increase the survivability of games. Um, you know, when it's not something that's driven by 
like the speculative bubble that we saw before where you know you get these funds and now you have to deliver this game and once the market is smarter about kind of evaluating teams and the likelihood of success i think that having your economy be more open transparent and player owned is going to make players more likely to stay in the ecosystem and stay involved you know think about we talked about world of warcraft earlier you know if i still owned my characters and you know could uh you know log in and check on those characters and see you know uh the 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 game economy more transparently and maybe even use that in some like third party tools or or uh or gamification that wasn't jumping into the actual game and you know playing a two-hour dungeon or whatever um that's going to increase the likelihood that i you know, don't uninstall the game and move on to something else but you know keep it in the back of my mind you know keep checking on it from time to time and keep participating in the community um, whether that be on Discord, Twitter, or, or other, you know, uh, social media. So I'm, I, I do think that, um, you know, I'm excited for like the deliverables that we're going to start to see the you know, higher quality games. Um, and then hopefully that's just, you know, uh, the beginning of, of, um, like the real delivery of these, you know, more fun focused games that start to bring players. I think there's some great points and I do like the optimism and kind of how you spinning some of the short-term maybe hardship into kind of a long-term gain and i think it will be I, I do think when you're looking out to the future it will be positive in terms of kind of getting into the space we see a lot on twitter and in discord and i'm sure there'll be people listening who are working their web 2 job but then have the same kind of passion that you mentioned around hey i should be getting into gaming now and kind of going for it what advice would you give to anyone who's looking to make the switch for working in Web3 permanently? Yeah, I, I think it's an exciting field to be in. I, I think it's going to be disruptive for a lot of industries, but especially gaming. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there. But I think you also have to really take a long term view. Uh, know that this is a, a bear market for crypto. It's a it's a iffy, you know, macro financial market uh, with with lots of people talking about recession. So it's not generally the best time to like, you know, quit your your day job to join some speculative, um, you know, uh, like industry that you may or may not be getting a regular income from. But if you can take a long term view and, and add that as something that, you know, maybe you're uh, you have other income or, um, you know, you can uh, kind of invest more in the education and building side, uh, I think it's a great space to be in. So um, uh, things that I would recommend would be, you know, uh, find something where you can be uh, consistent, uh, whether, you know, it's it's uh, building and delivering something transparently or, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunities for content creators. I, I'm a big proponent of creators. Um, and so I think that if you, um, if you, you know, find a niche that you can serve, um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities, uh, but you just have to realize that it's not easy, um, as you know, and it's certainly not uh, quick, um, something you have to, to be consistent at for some time before you actually see growth and before you actually see, you know, like rewarding revenue from that. Again, coming in with some great points, um, and I think I think it's worth looking into for people, especially if they enjoy it, even if they can't make the jump straight for full time um 
there's some great people in the space to talk to. Obviously, stay safe. If someone's offering you the world, they're probably going to try and take your world instead. So that's just just a quick uh, warning on it. But once you get to know people, I think that kind of making the networks, connecting with people via Discord and Twitter, actually getting to know people is is a great way of coming through. And we've seen it happen with some of the people we know that just by chatting, they've ended up getting themselves involved in games and doing something that they actually really love. So great advice. We're coming to the end. So it's been great chatting to you. Um, I love talking to you. You always have some great points and I always love hearing about the game. For those listening, where's the best place to follow you? So I pretty much live on Twitter. So I'm at Graslow Gamer on Twitter. Uh, I host weekly Twitter spaces where we talk about you know Web3 Gaming and NFTs. Uh, and they're, they're pretty open. So if you want to come up and chat, we'd love to, to do that. Or if you just want to give me a follow, you can uh, see my ramblings on Twitter. Uh, and I'm also always hanging out in the Old Door Discord. So I lo- love to, uh, you know, talk to our community and, um, you know, just be very present there. Uh, but yeah, would would love to chat. And thanks again for coming and talking to me. It's great that you take the time out of your busy schedule to come and share your knowledge with those who are listening. My pleasure. Thanks, Gaspar. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more insights into the world of Web3 Gaming. And if you need to experience more Web3 Gaming content, search for Gaspo WD on all content platforms. And remember to look for games that you enjoy. I'll see you next time.